You're listening to episode 167 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today's topic is 12 hours trapped in the airport. You're listening to Christian Travelers Network, the podcast and platform where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hey, Christian Travelers, I'm so glad that you're here. If you've heard anything about flying in the last couple of months, you've likely heard that delays, flight cancellations, etc. are not uncommon. But as I recently got back from a trip that included some flights um, and a 12-hour cancellation slash delay, I thought I would share a little bit of my story. But before I do, I want to once again point you to our website, christiantravelers.net, There you can find other faith and travel resources and get connected to our Christian traveler community. In our last episode, we shared a little bit more about what our online platform is going to look like. So if that's something to interest you, make sure that you're signing up for our email newsletter so you can be one of the first people to know when it goes live. So as I shared, we recently went on a trip. Now, our trip was from Nashville to Iowa. And uh, before our flight even took off, there were already some complications. Our landing destination was one of the many airports that this airline was trying to pull out of. And as a result, that meant that they kept changing our flight itinerary. While we booked over six months in advance, a flight that would have only started with one layover, two flights, it had turned into three separate flights with two layovers, one of them being approximately five hours in the Chicago O'Hare Airport, which already has just a history of a lot of flight cancellations, delays, and other problems. It's a large airport next to uh, Lake Erie, one of the Great Lakes, and that alone causes a lot of storms, weather problems, cancellations, etc. So when we got to Chicago O'Hare, we went and found our gate, noted that all of our flights looked on time, and then went and found some food. We're glad we did because when we checked our phone an hour later, we noted that our next flight, flight number two of three, was canceled. Now, this gave us a little bit more of a peaceful attitude, but we were still fairly frustrated. The excuse was technical issues with the airplane, but if you've heard anything about flights, a lot of them have been canceled. Through this experience, I've heard a lot more reasons why flights are canceled, and some of them are because the uh, pilots are part of the federal government and we're required to have vaccines. There are some people that are opposed to that option and therefore haven't gotten in on them. There is another group of individuals that because of COVID decided to retire from the industry. Thus, it takes time to train new pilots and get more pilots. Uh, Additionally, there's just a lot of overbookings happening. I don't know if you heard the story of Delta or one of the other airlines that actually paid someone $10,000 to get off the flight because they had overbooked. Um, And I'm not really sure if it's one or multiple of those issues that caused us to lose our second flight, but we ended up in line then to deal with this issue along with quite a few people. We stood in line for over 40 minutes, but at the same time, we were using some app or online service that allowed us to chat with a representative of the airline and change our flight. 
Now, my husband strongly believes we should have just continued to stand in line. He thinks we would have had better customer service in the airport because when we got on this um, phone version, it was a website. And this website didn't allow us to um, control the volume. You couldn't use it like a phone. You were talking directly into the app. So it was picking up all the background beeping and crazy noise of the airport. Um, while also we were trying to hear them over all of this noise. That was hard and confusing and frustrating. Um, not only that, but they didn't really give us the options. It was very clearly laid out where would you like to go and when would you like to get there. Um, but could we have gotten tickets or some kind of voucher in the airport? Could we for meals or if we had to stay the night? Um, could we get other sorts of deals and options? Could we have rented a car? None of those things were laid out for us. And maybe that's just me reflecting on how I should have communicated better. But Again, we think maybe going up to the front desk would have given us some more time to calm our minds and collectively made some wiser decisions. What we ended up doing was picking a direct flight to a neighboring airport to our original one um, because there were no more flights to our original airport that day and we had to be there by six the next morning. So we got there late at night. My folks were kind enough to drive and pick us up and we drove us home and it was one in the morning before we finally got there. But as I said, that left us with 12 hours in the airport and time passed faster than we expected. But from that experience, I have some things that I want to share with you. Um, or observations, I guess, that I saw uh, in this airport. So one of the things that helped us pass the time is we had to actually pack some board games. We're huge board gamers. Um, we have over 80 board games in our home. And, you know, some of our favorites are Loot of Lima, On Tour, and now one of my favorites is also Paperback. Um, these are great games to look up. And for the most part, well, I guess paperback was the smallest of those that we took with us. We also had Loot of Lima. They could fit into our carry-ons pretty nicely. We weren't too overpacked. Even though we were going to be at our destination for over a week, we packed for about half the week, leaving us uh, room for, in our carry-ons for other items. And we chose not to take luggage, which we're really glad that we did it that way because otherwise our luggage would have been separated from us and caused some more problems in that airport. Rather than having to scramble and either go to baggage claim in the Chicago airport to find our luggage or get to our end destination have to go and get it from that airport the next day, our luggage all was with us the whole time with our carry-ons. Now, um, so that was one of the things that we did. Also, every couple of hours, we made the decision to relocate to different parts of the airport. Basically, we stayed in the same terminal or gate area as um, our final destination was going to be, but we would move to areas where the flights weren't taking off for several hours. This was less crowded, it was a quieter atmosphere, and it gave us an excuse to stretch our legs, move about, kind of change up the scenery, and change activities. 
My husband also brought along a Switch. That was a great online game. We're really into Sudoku right now. So we did a lot of Sudoku games on our phones. Um, We had books with us. All of those things kind of gave us every couple hours a reason to change activities. Plus, you know, getting up for meals and things. And we didn't have to feel rushed. It was just a very calm attitude despite some of the realizations. For instance, if we had rented a car, it would have only taken us five hours to drive home instead of waiting in the airport for 12 hours plus the flight plus the additional drive home. So some of those things were kind of odd realizations after the fact. And we wish we would have had a calmer attitude initially. But um, those might be some ideas to help you pass the time if you get stuck at an airport. Um, And some other things that I saw that I thought were really interesting. So as we walked around the airport a lot, I have a duffel bag that I love carrying with me. But it's really heavy when you have all your things in it. So I found that my husband's little tiny carry-on size wheelie suitcase was a better option. However, his he only has the wheels that allow your suitcase to go in one direction. And I always felt like I was bumping other people's legs and just taking up more space. So I now understand why the four-wheeled suitcases that can pivot 360 degrees on the spot take up less footprint space and make it easier to get around the airport. Another thing I saw for young families were these suitcases that, um, so imagine a suitcase standing tall and narrow. Now turn it on its side. So the lawn way is parallel with the floor. Now, these suitcases were really unique because they kind of had a dent in them. They were hard back suitcases and little toddlers and younger children were sitting on the suitcase as parents pulled it on its four wheels throughout the airport. Basically, it was a free ride for the kids and it kept the kids close at hand without them, you know, being exhausted, etc. I thought that was a really cool idea, although I did see a preteen seeming fairly exhausted following their parents around wishing that they also had one of these nice handy-dandy rides, I guess, through the airport. Another thing I noted was that a lot of people were traveling in dresses and in shorts. And while I chose to travel in shorts, the longer I was in the airport, the cooler it got. Even though it was the middle of the summer, because our flight was delayed, we ended up flying past dusk and I would have chosen a different attire had that been the known case from the start. You see the later it gets at night the cooler it is on the plane while you're flying so having leggings, pants, or some kind of blanket with you is super helpful and um, yoga pants that kind of thing just being prepared to be cold despite the weather outside is always a good thing to keep in mind and lastly i highly encourage you to continue to update and check your information while airlines may be good at texting you and communicating through apps of any changes to flights and things it's always good to know where signs are at that have current and update updated information about airlines, not just specifically your airline, but all of them. There's usually a big board somewhere in the airport listing whether flights are on time, delayed, 
late and what terminal or gate that they're at. Making sure to check that on a frequent basis. We used each moment that we got up and moved around as an opportunity to double check that things hadn't changed. And throughout the day, it had probably changed about four times as to where we would be taking off. And we were still nervous at the very end that it was going to change uh, one last time, but it all worked out. But by checking regularly and using those different moments to get up and use a restroom break and just check the board once again, it helped us feel confident that we would be where we needed to be when our flight actually did come in. So I hope this uh, doesn't discourage you from flying, but maybe gives you some ideas on how to be prepared if things go awry, and maybe some things to consider um, to be calm in that moment and to take into consideration if you do have to talk with customer service or some other online representative. I hope that uh, as you consider this, that you'll also check out some of our related episodes, including episode 151, Airport Ministry with Bishop Hayes, where he talks about what the chapels and airport ministry services look like in an airport, and episode 85, where we talk about how to navigate an airport, especially if it's your first time. The first time I ever flew out of an airport was in high school and in college. I was planning to meet up with a group of individuals and get to go the whole way to Ghana, but halfway through the flight, I learned that we weren't going to be meeting up in Chicago, going on to London, um, etc. altogether. Storms had made their flights get delayed 24 hours, so suddenly I was traveling internationally alone. And some of these tips may help you if you're going to be traveling alone for the first time or with a group. These little details can help you encourage the confidence and calmness of your group. So until next time, safe travels and God bless.